Welcome to the Forest FM podcast, episode 165. I'm Killian Vigna. And I'm Zoe Bilal Springer. It's the end of the month, meaning this episode is where you can catch up on anything you've missed recently. We'll be discussing some of the latest product updates, blogs, Forest FM episodes, webinars, and everything else in between. We did a lot of research to figure out what problems people were having. The first one was obviously safety. So everybody wants to keep their staff safe once they reopen and they want to keep their clients safe. So they were naturally worried about that. The second then was they wanted to be able to control their reopening uh, when they do. If I could share, I suppose, some of the findings that uh, our data team have gotten from some of that reopening so far. So the first one is just about revenue and pricing. What we've seen is the average appointment price has actually increased by five euros. And then we've looked at projections for the month of May, just based on those ones uh, in the German regions who have reopened. And we've compared those May projections to May of last year. And what we're actually predicting is the average salon will have a 3% growth in revenue year on year. So right now we're all eyes on businesses taking their first steps into reopening in what feels more like a still ongoing current COVID-19 era. I wish we could say that it was reopening businesses post-COVID, but that's just not the reality. Um, We've been watching movements of salons in places like Germany, Japan and some states in America all starting to take their very first steps. So one person who has been watching this very closely and speaking with a lot of salon owners from each area is our product manager Ashleen Scollard here at Forest. She is joining us on the show today to see what it is we're doing to help salons reopen. So welcome to the show Ashleen. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course, thanks for joining us. This is your first time on the show, isn't that right? It is, it is my first time doing any kind of podcast so this is all new to me. But you're actually, you're, when I say relatively new, you're, you're only with Forest yourself the last year or so, am I right in saying? Yeah, a bit under a year. I don't know if I still qualify as a newbie. You're kind of no longer new in Forest after about three months. So uh, yeah, just under a year. So do you want to share a little bit about your background and how you kind of got to become a product manager at Forest? Yeah, sure. Um I guess I can go back as far as coming out of college. I did a, a maths degree, which would probably shock a lot of people. Um, but I went from that into working into the financial industry, which is miles different from working, I suppose, in forest and the salon industry, complete opposite ends of the spectrum. But I've always worked in kind of the software development part of things. So it's always been my area of interest. And I've worked uh, in product for quite a few years now. I was in a, a software company for financial institutions before Forrest. Um, and then I suppose Forrest really, really drew me with the kind of company that it is and how much it values its clients and everything. So it was the kind of place that I wanted to come to. And I've thoroughly enjoyed the, the last kind of 10 months working here. It has been a, an amazing experience so far. So how did you find the shift from working in the financial industry to working in the salon industry? Because in the most positive way, it's quite a unique one. It is very special, uh, extremely different. Uh, I knew coming into it, it would be, uh, I suppose people would say it's a culture shock. Uh, and I was sort of prepared for that. But uh, it's still, I'm constantly learning new things in Forest. Uh, financial institutions is out of necessity. They're heavily regulated. Uh, it's, it's very restricted. There's a lot of red tape. Um, whereas things in Forest can happen quite quickly. Even 
the amount of like talking we do in, in forest to our clients still like surprises me. If you're not talking to, to clients on a weekly basis, uh, to be honest, you may as well leave the company. And that's it's such, just something I've never done before. And I, I absolutely love it. It's one of the things that I really, really love about forest. Did it take you long to make that transition to going from never really talking to clients to talking to clients nearly every day? Because from working under Paddy, Paddy is a big advocate of talk to clients absolutely every day because the product comes from our clients essentially. Yeah, it's quite the adjustment. It took me, I think, quite a couple of months to adjust to the mindset. Um, even starting off, I would have been quite nervous because it wouldn't have been something I, I'd really, really done before. And coming into Forest, obviously, I didn't know much about the system. I knew nothing about the salon industry. So it was quite nerve wracking doing it the first few times. And it did take me a, a couple of months to get used to it and get comfortable doing it. But uh, I suppose 10 months in now, I absolutely love doing it and, and try and do it as much as I can. Which I'm sure all of the clients you work with appreciate. Um, listen, just before we dive into the product updates, do you want to quickly share what the product manager role entails within Forest? Like what's your day to day? Yeah, well, typically I would look after, I suppose, the marketing side of features within Forest. So I'd be responsible for figuring out in the future what kind of features we need to add to Forest. What are the things, particularly for marketing, um, that we can do to support salons uh, in terms of marketing and getting their clients in more often and spending more and contributing to those goals as the salon? I have to figure out what it is we can build into the product uh, to help salons with those kind of things. Have you seen your role then change much in the last few months with COVID-19? Yes, majorly. So <laughs> up until this point, I, I have been completely focused on, on marketing things, obviously. Um, and then as, as the coronavirus has developed, obviously, we've had to completely change priorities, our plans for the roadmap even before coronavirus. That's all been thrown out the window to try and obviously help our salons get through the closure and get reopened and get people coming in and getting revenue coming in. So all of the previous ways of working, all of the things we planned on working on kind of get temporarily thrown out the window, completely out of net necessity. So it's it's been quite the shock. And even, I suppose, working completely from home and not being able to visit salons, we would have done that a lot, to be honest, going in to visit people and talk to them and get their feedback. We can't even do that anymore. So basically every element, uh, to be honest, of the job has changed and it's been quite the adjustment. But um, I suppose... It's, it's more of an adjustment and more of a stressful period for our clients. So it's great to be able to, to help them in some way with this. So from talking to clients quite regularly, what sort of vibes have you been getting around the whole approach to reopening? Yeah, I suppose that kind of depends on what phase they're in. So we have some salons that uh, have already opened and some that haven't. So for those that haven't opened, speaking to them, it's kind of a combination of worry and excitement. Obviously, they're worried about their business and whether that's going to last. Uh, they're worried about when they reopen, how they can keep their, their clients safe and their staff safe and all that. So obviously a natural, uh, a huge amount of worry on that side. But for those that are planning to reopen, uh, there's obviously the flip side of that is they're very excited about the thoughts of being able to, to reopen. They really want to, as soon as possible, get back to, to doing what they love and getting their clients in. So those two kind of competing emotions all at once. Um, and then for the ones who already have reopened, as you mentioned, we have like US uh, clients who have reopened a lot of the German speaking countries, they've reopened um, and it's wonderful to see that. And, you know, they love having their clients back in. And and I thought it'd be nice if I could share, I suppose, some of the findings that uh, our data team have gotten from some of that reopening so far. So they've been open for a couple of weeks um, at this point. And I just have like, I suppose, two little interesting or I think they're interesting anyway, two interesting <laughs> tidbits to share with listeners, if that's all right. So um, 
The first one is just, uh, I suppose, about revenue and pricing. What we've seen is the average appointment price has actually increased by five euros. So I know when I was doing calls with clients, they were a bit worried about this, but obviously for seeing uh, having to increase their pricing to cover stuff like the personal protection equipment and that kind of stuff. So we are seeing um, a lot of salons doing that. They are increasing their pricing. So I just wanted to share that one. And then a more positive piece of information, which did actually surprise me when I read it, to be honest. Uh, we've looked at kind of projections for the month of May, just based on those ones uh, in the German regions who have reopened. And we've compared those May projections to May of last year. And what we're actually predicting is the average salon will have a 3% growth in revenue year on year, which wow. to be honest, yeah, I think that that's absolutely amazing. It, it astounded me. I think a lot of salon owners would be worried um, about, I suppose, when they can get reopened, if they're still going to be making the same amount of money. So I don't think this will apply to everybody, but I just thought it was a really positive fact that has surprised a lot of us that I could share with listeners. So what was the date range for that again? It's the month of May. So we predicted based on a couple of weeks that people have been opened yeah. for the month of May and um, the revenue that they get in. And we compare that to May of last year and comparing those two months uh, and see if there's a, a difference there. And there was a slight positive increase there in revenue. So even though service times, transitions between service times or that gap period is going to be longer and you're going to be servicing less clients at the moment for the next few weeks, you're still making more revenue. Yeah. On average, not again, not everybody, but on average, yeah. That's incredible. Providing you increase your prices, like we discussed with Neil yeah. Decoff there recently, yeah. And there would be a lot of salons who would have, I suppose when we spoke to them, they were planning on extending their opening hours and some of them were saying they were going to work seven days a week for a couple of weeks. So it, it could be that as well, I suppose, extended how long they spend working because they love doing it and they want to get people in. So there's a couple of aspects that could contribute to that. Let's just hope people don't start burning out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. All of you listening, make sure you figure out your back to work boundaries. We don't want to see you burn out. Check out the episode <laughs> we have with Don Bradley on this, actually. Um, so listen, the last time we had head of product Paddy Monhen on the show, he walked us through the three-step approach the team was taking to help salons through the crisis. That included developing tools to help salons while they were closed. Then we were talking about introducing features to help them reopen, when obviously that would be possible in the region and finally the big picture tools for the post-COVID-19 era. Within that second step though, the reopening step, there are actually two phases. Do you want to talk about that a little? Yeah, sure. Um, if I can first explain where we came about with what we were going to do. So as I said before, we do a huge amount of speaking to clients. So we did a lot of research uh, to figure out what problems people were having. Um, so we did uh, a survey to our clients to ask uh, for some information. We asked things like, you know, what are your biggest concerns about reopening? Um, what do you see that Forest could do to help us, uh, help you do that? Uh, so that survey, we gathered a huge amount of information there. It was really valuable. And we also ran something that we're calling within product, um, the salon sessions. Um, it's something we've been doing a lot of recently. Uh, we have a lot of, uh, I suppose, amazing clients who are happy to jump on like a, a group call and discuss their feedback and their concerns and the needs that they have. So we ran those sessions across like a lot of our clients, some in Ireland, some in the UK and some in the US. And we discussed those same topics again. You know, what are your biggest concerns and how can we help with that? We also had like our German team were phenomenal. They'd already gathered a huge amount of this information. So we basically put all of that huge amount of research together. And there were four main topics of concern that came out um, out of that that salon owners were worried about. So 
The first one was obviously safety. So everybody wants to keep their staff safe once they reopen and they want to keep their clients safe uh, as much as possible. So they were naturally worried about that. The second then was they wanted to be able to control their reopening uh, when they do. So make sure that they can get their most valued clients booked in first um, in those first couple of weeks when they're extending their opening hours and all that kind of stuff. So make sure the right people get booked in first. And then the third one would have been like a need to communicate with their clients constantly. So this is more of a longer term one that's going to keep going on throughout this whole pandemic, but a constant communication with their clients, telling them when they're going to reopen, tell them what to expect when they come into the salon. So all that kind of stuff, constant communication going on. And then the fourth one, and some of it I've already mentioned there, so making the necessary operational changes to their salon. Do they need to extend their opening hours? Are they going to split their staff into two shifts to try and protect them? Are they going to extend their service times to account for cleaning times and all of that? So a huge amount of operational changes there. So they were the four main topics that came out of all of that research. And then based off of that, you know, we could take that away as a team and come up with some ideas and then some tools as to how we could help with those. So what sort of tools then are we looking at if we were to start with phase one of your salon is about to open and kind of prioritising clients for first bookings? Yeah, so there's a couple of features that are going to come in what we're calling phase one of the reopening tools. The the main one there, and this is basically everybody we spoke to said that they would want something like this, is what we're calling VIP booking. So if we didn't build this, the way salons were going to control the reopening of their bookings was by manually ringing their most valued clients and trying to get through to them and try and get them booked in, which is obviously a really time consuming process. So Instead, what we're going to do is allow salons to have a VIP booking option. So if they turn this on, any of the marketing campaigns that they send, where they'd insert their normal online booking link, uh, in the background, what we'll do is we'll replace that with a VIP link. Then they can send out that marketing campaign to whoever it is they want to send it to. And anybody with that VIP booking link will be able to book in. Anybody who doesn't use that VIP booking link wouldn't be able to book in. So if somebody had the normal online booking link bookmarked, or they usually use the app. They won't be able to book in that way. You have to use this VIP booking link. So they can send out those marketing campaigns to whoever it is they want and just open bookings for them. So I think that one is, I suppose, that was the most important one. That was the one that everybody was, I suppose, really worried about. And it's great to see that we can do something to help salons there. So would you need to leave your online booking turned off then and the VIP is like a limited availability or do you have to turn on your online booking but it's kind of grayed out for anyone that still has access to the link? You'll turn off your online booking um, and you'll turn on this VIP booking so anybody who doesn't have the VIP link if they go to online booking will have a message to say you know online booking we're not taking any appointments right now but anybody who does have the VIP booking link will see your usual, like your staff who are rostered, the usual services that you have up any times, so all the usual flow through there, they'll be able to book in. That's very handy, yeah. As well as that, <laughs> I think that a lot of people are wondering and uh, trying to figure out a way to know who has had a cancelled appointment during the lockdown so that they can manage their reopening book. If I'm getting this right, I think you guys managed to uh, work this out with marketing filters? Yeah, so... We are adding actually three new marketing filters. Um, and again, these all came out of the research and talking to clients and what they wanted there. So as you said, people who would have had an appointment cancelled because the salon had to close. Um, we're also going to do another one for clients who would have no-showed. 
So in the case where, you know, you didn't cancel the appointment for the client, you just let them go through as a no-show. Uh, that's a new marketing filter as well. And then the third one is for clients who would have purchased a gift voucher. Um, so a lot of salons would have seen people purchasing gift voucher to try and, I suppose, show their support and try and keep, you know, the salon supported through their closure. So you'll be able to target a campaign at people who purchased a gift voucher. And for all of those, you'll be able to pick whatever dates uh, apply to you. So if your salon closed uh, on the 1st of April and, you know, you're opening today, you'll be able to target anybody with any of those three marketing filters um, for those dates that you want to choose. So they're the, the three new marketing filters that we're adding to support that. Excellent. And have we got anything else then we can expect to see in phase one? Yeah, there's one more then. So what we've seen uh, recently quite a bit is salons through typically through social media um, are trying to manage a waitlist form. So anybody that they want to get, I suppose, onto a waiting list, they're saying, please email us with these details um, and, and they're managing that themselves. So it would be up on their Instagram, it'd be up on their Facebook and that kind of thing. So we're going to add that to online booking and our app. So if you have online booking turned off or you have VIP booking turned on, anybody who doesn't have that, you can give the option to join a waitlist. So the experience that they have is they'll get to online booking, say the appointments are closed, join the waitlist and they'll fill in a few details about who they are, you know, their name, their contact details. They'll say what services they are looking for. They can say if they have a preferred staff for those services um, and fill that all in and we'll tell them they're on the waitlist. And then what we'll do is we'll actually send the salon owner an email in the background uh, with all of those details in that. So it's more to keep, I suppose, a consistent thing across the board there. If you have a waitlist on your Instagram and your Facebook, it's now on your online booking and your app. And you're also reassuring your clients as well that, you know, you are keeping that communication open, even if they don't see any availability, you know, straight away. You're basically reassuring them saying, no, look, I will get to you. I will be in touch with you. And um, so, you know, leave your details and we'll get to you. Speaking of the communication, actually, because this is something we've discussed a lot as well on the podcast recently. Like, are we doing anything to support salons communicate to people that do finally get to book an appointment of what to expect when they arrive at your salon? Because your salon is going to be completely different to what your clients remember beforehand. So are we doing anything to help communicate that? Yeah, so that's, I suppose, the, the, the fourth little thing that we're adding in that phase one of the product updates. So it's a banner of information that you can put on online booking and your app. So we'd see this being used in a couple of cases. So say your salon is closed, you can use this to put a bit of information on the online booking flow that says, you know, we're sorry, we're closed for now. We're reopening on this date and communicate that kind of information that you want to put up. Or, you know, if you are open and you have different procedures to follow, like say you want people to wait in their car instead of coming into the salon to check in and you want them to ring, you can put that information up on the banner as well. So that banner will appear on online booking in the app and you can put in whatever kind of information you want to communicate to your clients through that. That's amazing. Imagine trying to do all of that over the phone right now. Oh, yeah. Just everything that you've <laughs> listed, like going through your basically the procedures of waiting outside, booking online, the wait list. <laughs> online yeah. booking, yeah, it's definitely the way to go. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully it's to save a lot of time for salons and uh, that's what we're aiming for here. What would be the release date for phase one then? When can Forest clients expect all of this? All going well. Uh, that's planned now for the first week of June to be released. So that would be phase one of these features that I've just spoke about. Deadly. Do you want to talk about phase two? 
yeah so the phase one stuff was more about what you'd need to do before opening so now phase two is about you know your your salon is opening what kind of things do you need to look at then so there's two main features that's going to form part of the phase two so the first one is our new email editor that's something we've been working on for a few months. This is my baby. Um, <laughs> so if you have any problems using it, you can come to me. It's my fault. Um, but Not that there will be. <laughs> no, there shouldn't be. Uh, we know a lot of people struggle with the existing one. It, it causes a lot of problems. It's really, it's time consuming in a way that it shouldn't be for our clients. Uh, so we've been building a new one that is much easier to use. Uh, it's It's intuitive to use. It has a lot of the stuff that you'd need in it, like, Spell check is a, is a basic one that an email editor should have. I can't write uh, anything without a spell check. So <laughs> that kind of stuff is really important. I know people will love that. Um, and resizing your images and loads of the stuff that we would have heard directly from uh, our clients uh, about what they struggled with in the current one. We fixed all of that in the new one. So that's one of the, the major features of phase two. And then the second part of that, uh, and we're seeing a huge amount of people ask for this over, I suppose, even the last kind of week or two, is the option to pre-send consultation forms mm. to, I suppose, clients who have appointments coming up. So your salon is open, you have bookings coming in uh, and you want people to fill out some information before they come into the salon. So what we'll do is let you pick, you know, the services that you want this enabled for. You'll be able to email out the, the clients who have an appointment coming up and we'll put a link to the consultation form in that email. And then the client, when they're at home, when they're shopping, whenever they want to, to be honest, they can fill that information out before they come into the salon. So a lot of salons have asked for that, particularly around asking them about coronavirus symptoms. You know, have you yeah. been in touch with anybody with coronavirus symptoms? Have you traveled out of the country in the last couple of weeks? Uh, information about that. And then some of the more interesting stuff that I would have heard would be trying to ask them, you know, what they've done uh, to themselves while the salon was closed. You know, did you use a box dye? You really need to know this. It it's like going to confession, basically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a good point. To put that in as a, as, a, as a block there in the consultation forms, confession time. I like it. <laughs> yeah, so all those kind of things that it's really important to get from clients before they get into the salon will allow you basically to ask them in advance and get them to fill that out and then they'll be uploaded as a consultation form as the usual process in forest. That's going to be huge for salons because I think ever since digital consultation forms has gone live, that's actually being requested quite frequently as well in general yeah. anyway, just the ability to send it out. So yeah, yeah it, it takes a crisis to fast track it. <laughs> yes, it would have been asked for quite a while, but now it's, it's much more important. So it's important to get that out uh, sooner rather than later. Absolutely. You're probably going to hate me for this, but would you have so much as a tentative date for phase two or not just yet? <laughs> um, it would have to be a very, very tentative. So the team are, I suppose, busy working on the phase one stuff. Um, we'd hope to have a, a date for that, um, I suppose, in the next kind of couple of weeks. I would hope that it's, I guess I said, sooner rather than later. So if I had to put a tentative one on it, I'd say I'd say July at some point. But uh, anybody who's listening, please, please don't hold me to an exact date if you're interpreting <laughs> that. But uh, we'll let our clients know and that it, they, we expect that to come. Well, looking forward to it all anyways. We'll make sure to share the good news when we can on the podcast. Cool. Awesome. Well, Ashley, thanks so much for joining us on the show. And uh, I'm sure we'll get you in uh, sooner rather than later for the email editor when that's ready to go. <laughs> Wonderful. I look forward to it. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a great one. All right. Thanks very much, guys. 
And now for the Forest blog section of this episode. We didn't release many articles in May, but I did want to make sure to uh, mention Cat Phillips' article from, uh, I think it was April, and that was titled Stimulating Salon Income in a Time of Social Distancing. So we're seeing more and more people uh, take advantage of the retail product uh, side of the business. So plug in the gap in revenue with uh, selling retail. And uh, you've heard Patty talk about the feature that we're working on with Forest. So Cat Phillips' article helps with, uh, you know, quick steps for uh, remote product sales. There's a free downloadable extensive guide on how to go about it and especially how to tackle all the shipping part of things. And so we strongly recommend reading that blog once again and downloading the guide uh, if you're thinking about setting up a retailing strategy for your salon. Speaking of which, we've just also released a post-lockdown salon revenue calculator. So if you're wondering how much revenue your salon will need with social distancing restrictions, we've got the answer. You'll be able to find the link in today's episode show notes, but essentially it's a simple tool to figure out what your deficit is going to look like ahead of reopening so you can plan to plug it with additional revenue from selling your retail stock online. The last two article mentions for this section, first of all, is a very popular one uh, from last year called 10 Tips to Raise Your Salon Prices Without Losing Clients. So we've revisited this blog. Uh, We've also revisited the download piece that was associated with it. So uh, we know that a lot of people are looking at increasing their prices right now, especially with all the PPE and extra overheads uh, due to the coronavirus implications. So consider this a step-by-step guide to raising your prices. And that starts with knowing what you're worth. There's an actual formula for this. It was shared by one of our uh, Forest FM guests a while back now, um, Salon Coach David Barnett. We've also obviously included it in this article. And we've covered other things like um, making sure that the number show that you're ready for what you're kind of aiming for, aiming for added value as well, how to plan your communication strategy, and so on and so forth. Like I said, there's 10 tips in this article. So make sure you check that out. If you're thinking about, you know, raising your prices, especially during these times, you want to make sure you get that right. Last but not least, in May, we also released an article around the gift voucher, gift cards, forest feature. So how to market it, how it works. Uh, We've got loads of testimonials in there as well. We've got some videos. So we definitely encourage you to check it out, especially if you haven't actually turned on your uh, feature just yet. So at least, you know, as you prep for reopening um, to know what that feature is all about and to know how well it can benefit your salon as you reopen if you haven't like I said, used it so far during the closures. And if you're a forest client looking to set this feature up, then we strongly recommend uh, looking at our step-by-step guides and also the Forest Academy online course. Coming back from the following memo, we'll be diving into what we talked about on Forest FM in May. Hey guys, Zoe. And Killian here. There's a lot going on in the world right now and things are changing fast. This is a short reminder for you to stay safe and on top of all the latest and factual news. Your starting point should be your governing health services website. To help you navigate this crisis, Forest Salon Software has also a variety of business resources available. Check out our Help Juice page, the Forest Academy Learning Portal, the Coronavirus Best Practice page at forest.com forward slash C19, the Forest Blog and Podcast, and our multiple on-demand webinar recordings at forest.com forward slash resources. And one last thing, don't, don't be, be scared, scared, be, be prepared. prepared. So moving on then to the Forest FM section of this podcast, the 
first episode that we had in May was episode 162 with Neil DeCuff and it was on cash flow management and mapping out a financial recovery plan. Crisis or no crisis, you need to be reassessing your, I suppose, your incomes and outcomes, your general cash flow. Basically, how much are you charging? Are you just comparing your prices off the salon down the road? Or have you actually worked out how much you should be charging based on your expenses and your overheads? Uh, you also have to bear in mind that things are going to cost you a bit more now with having to bring in PPE, bringing in disinfectants. There's a lot of extra overheads that are going to happen. So monitor your cash flow, use his 13 week planner reassess how much you should be charging for the services and just like Ashlyn discussed on this podcast with all of that in place you could potentially be looking at an increase of revenue year on year depending on how well you charge your services so I recommend checking out that episode it's a really good one to assess your finances during a crisis but I think that's a pretty good evergreen episode to listen to. All we're talking about here, whether it's a crisis like we're like we're in here, it's being able to look forward and make a relatively safe projection at revenue and have a new level of control when open. Um, man, the stuff that you can change reopening after being shut down, but you got to work the plan. The second episode we released in May was in a conversation with Tom Chapman, and we were talking about his journey, mental fitness, and training the next generation of barbers. So to put you in context, Tom lost a friend to suicide a couple of years ago, and since then has decided to do something about the biggest killer of young men in the UK. A few numbers, in 2018 there were 6,507 suicides registered in the UK, and globally uh, it's it's been said that someone dies by suicide every 40 seconds. Through the line Barber Collective Charity, which he's the CEO and founder of. He raises mental illness awareness and aims to prevent suicide by creating training that enables barbers to recognize, talk and listen out for symptoms of depression. Like I was saying, this conversation allowed for an insight into Tom's journey, a very interesting one, and uh, his current projects, which included the £1 million haircut documentary, uh, but also his Barber Talk app and all the training he's developed. Whether it's good or bad mental health, it's more about mental fitness. It's about the whole human condition rather than mental health conditions. Everybody that's listening to this has felt disappointed, let down, you know, uh, lost somebody, lost a relationship, whatever that may be. And then when they come to their hairdressers or barbers, they sit and they tell us all those things because they know it's not going to go anywhere else. They have a good relationship and trust with us, and but we're disconnected from their from their friendship group, even though we are probably one of their best friends that's probably known them longer than half of their friendship group. It's great that we do the physical health thing. I'm not saying we shouldn't do that, but why are we not focusing on mental health as well, preparing the hairdressers and barbers with those skills? So I think it's just a part of essential service and customer service, being able to listen and help our clients in the chair. And then our most recent episode was 164 with Zane Hagee on resilience, crisis communication and paving your own way. So where this episode came about was, there was two topics that Zane talks a lot about. It's um, being a black sheep or not being afraid to be the black sheep and communicating during a crisis. 
So what does it mean to be a black sheep? It's essentially, I suppose right now when there's a crisis going on, everyone's looking to someone for advice. They're waiting to be told what to do, what next steps and what actions they should take. There's a lot of waiting. So this is about kind of being your own trailblazer. So listen to other groups, learn from them, but don't wait for them to make the decisions. Also, if you're a salon who feels like you're not quite ready to open yet, even though your government is saying it's okay to, then it's worth just thinking about it. Again, be the black sheep. No, this is a decision I want to make and then how to communicate that effectively to your clients. And I love the bit that he said um, where there's there's a lot of fear of people losing their clients. But one thing he said was, Everyone is so busy anyway, like you're going to be overutilized, you're serving less customers for a while. So your clients aren't going to be able to get an appointment anywhere else unless they're seen as a loyal client in another salon, which in that case, they probably weren't 100% loyal to you. So very interesting talk, especially if you're feeling a little volatile or kind of emotionally up and down about this whole situation. I recommend checking that out. And here's a few clips now. If you were looking at all of the decisions that have been made out there, there's a lot of good ones. And if you made those exact same decisions, you're a different person. They are not going to work for you. One of the best things you could possibly do right now, if you want to listen to somebody, look for another salon that is in a similar position to yourself or maybe just a little bit ahead of you in the opening and find out how it's going. They're very busy, but they will take time to help another salon owner. They will take time to tell them this is what happened. And, you know, people like myself are out there for the big messaging to handle some of this stuff. But in reality, the best advice you can get is going to be somebody that has been in the trenches just a little bit. And then you can look for what works best for you. Find out how you need to survive it yourself by making your own adjustments. And now just before we sign off, uh, we don't have any Forced Academy updates, but if you have any queries or need help accessing any of the existing courses, please email forcedacademy at forced.com. Tom Chapman's documentary, we were talking about it two weeks ago, The One Million Pound Haircut, is also now available to watch on Vimeo. We'll have the link in today's episode's show notes. And finally, the COVID-19 download portal, which we've been talking about as well in the last couple of weeks, is officially being updated with reopening content and resources as of now. To get all the content delivered straight to your inbox on Mondays. Click the link in today's episode's notes and fill out your details. As always, if you want to share your thoughts on this episode or have any suggestions for the show in general, send us an email at forcedfm at forest.com or leave us a review on Apple Podcast. We've been hearing great feedback on the recent episodes, the, the, the coronavirus related episodes, I guess, uh, and your suggestions are really helping us provide you with the most impactful conversations. So keep the feedback coming. Otherwise, stay safe and we'll catch you next Monday. All the best. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z. Great music makes great moments. Montreal's cutting edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Forest FM, the Salon Owners podcast, is brought to you by Forest Salon Software. We help salon owners get their clients back in more often, spending more and generating referrals. Let's grow.